What happens when it's time for you to leave your job or even take some time off? Does your boss make you feel guilty for quitting and trying to find a better opportunity or taking some time for self-care? This week, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more about letting staff go gracefully. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And once again, one of the tough topics that we keep hearing about throughout our professional network is, hey, I'm trying to find a better job. I'm trying to find a better quality of life. And yet sometimes when you give that notice, your boss really gives you the nth degree and makes you feel guilty for trying to find a better life. This week, we're going to talk about how you, maybe as a manager and owner, can let your staff go gracefully, and more importantly, how can you handle the upcoming holiday surge of, uh-oh, I need some time off. But before we get into that discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Oh, Becky, we just can't escape it. There's so much stress out there and tension, <laughs> and here we are every week saying, hey, guys, Demand more, do better, seek a higher quality of life, uh, find that clinic that rewards you, that unicorn environment. And yet sometimes when people find it, they are made to feel very guilty by their existing employer. Yeah. So we we have been talking a lot lately about, you know, um, sort of the, the support staff and the employee level effects of looking for another job and finding your happiness. Um, and we allude to the um, management role, the ownership role, and some advice in this. But this is really uh, a conversation for those that are in charge at, at clinics and at hospitals in terms of the hiring, the resignation letters, and the vacation time. Because what you guys do over the next couple months and how you handle those moments really kind of make or break the relationship and the bridge itself long term. Yeah, and Becky, I think that actually how the veterinary profession handles the next quarter when we get into holiday season, I think it's going to impact us for maybe years to come because I think a lot of people are going to say enough's enough and just abandon ship and leave the profession, you know, or hopefully we are going to say, you know what, we're going to make everything, we're going to do everything in our power as managers, owners to try to get through this holiday season with the, some kind of resemblance of normalcy and high quality of life or whatever. And, you know, Becky, the reason that we had this conversation was you and I kind of have this, uh, we've been making an assumption that when people leave their job, that, you know, that they're not going to like be guilted by their their employer or their prior employer. Uh, but that's really not the case. So maybe you could share like some of the stories that you're hearing from veterinary technicians across the country. Yeah, I mean, because I don't know that that is my assumption. And I think that is the problem, right? Is <laughs> right, that right. a lot of the folks working in the clinic think that, okay, when my time comes and I do the right thing and I put in my notice and I give them ample and efficient notice that it will be taken um, however it needs to be taken, but that I will be treated respectfully. Right, right. And unfortunately, I think I've seen, well, I've seen a couple things. One, you know, the old Irish goodbye, like just, okay, we don't need you. And I think employers have a couple reasons for that. I think they get worried about loyalty and things like that and, and whatever. They don't want drama. Um, but I think that's that's pretty awful. But then the flip side of that is when you, when you do it the right way, you give your notice and, and they're just like completely making you feel terrible, like you're leaving everyone high and dry. 
Yeah, and Becky, for, for the sake of conversation viewfinders, let's work on the presumption that you're leaving on good terms, right? This isn't like a big blowout. You had a fight with a coworker or your boss. We're actually saying, okay, look, this is something you've been planning. You're looking ahead, and now you found another place that you think will be a better fit, and you're giving your adequate notice. So this could be two weeks, four weeks. It could be a couple of months. I don't care, but Becky, let's assume for the sake of this conversation, it's on good terms. Now, you're hearing veterinary technicians who are leaving on good terms, at least in their perspective, and yet they're being met by a very different attitude from their employer. Right. I'm like, well, they're trying to leave on good terms, right? right? right. And, and instead, the employer is making them feel incredibly guilty or other employees are making them feel guilty and just sort of you know, what will we do without you? Or, you know, this this classic problem of, oh, but you're in charge of so many things that nobody else knows how to do. And so therefore you are irreplaceable, you know, yada, yada. And, and actually just like making them feel terrible, not being excited for their new opportunity um, and and telling them, you know, this isn't enough notice, whatever, whatever it is that you've given. Um, and, and even in employment at will states. Right. So as you can see, viewfinders, this is where it gets a little tricky because here you are, you know, as employers, we're supposed to be always seeking a higher quality for our employees. Like, you know, I always felt like I want to leave them better than I found them. Right. You know, so if Becky's time to move on. Hey, we move on and, and we shake hands and we say good luck in the future. Right. There's really I don't see the point of creating this ill will. But yet, Becky, we're now living in this this era where I think a lot of managers and owners feel completely I guess, um, able to and and within their rights to say, okay, Becky, you know, seriously, you're going to leave us all the things that I've done for you. I mean, all the, the team members that depend on you, you're really going to leave us, Becky? I just think that's inappropriate. Oh, it's super inappropriate. And I think what can happen, especially, you know, in our industry is it is a very personal industry. We do tend to be friends with the people that we work with. And there is a personal family feeling, you know, it, it isn't this like corporate environment where, you know, we expect things to come to an end at some point or, or people to move on. So I, I think it does sort of feel personal for some people that it, it's not a professional relationship. It, it, it is a very personal relationship and friendship. Um, and so that can happen. But we have to be able to keep personal and professional separate if we are going to mix personal and professional. And um, and so that is sort of the problem. And, and again, we're not talking about somebody who just gets mad and walks out and, right. you know, um, which which you also have a right to do. Um, it's these, the folks that are trying to do it the right way and it completely turns the relationship. And I, I honestly have to say, while it is totally okay to feel frustrated, it is totally okay as a manager to feel overwhelmed with this news because there are no technicians to hire to replace the one that you're losing. We know that, um, you can't make it personal to this per this person and, um, you can't continue to sort of negotiate, um, their, to try to, right. yeah, like so often I hear, well, then now all of a sudden they're going to give me more money. Now all of a sudden they're going to do this. Now they're asking if I can just work Saturdays until they can replace me. Um, and there's always this sort of caveat. Right. And, and those caveats really don't work. So if you're a manager or employee, you're saying, well, you know what? I can talk them out of qu quitting. 
I'm, I'm telling you, it's a short-term solution, right? Because you didn't fix the un- underlying fundamental problem there, which was probably a poor workplace environment or a non-supportive culture, something, right? I mean, you may be able to fix it short-term, like Becky said, by giving them more pay incentives or benefits or time off or whatever, but I'm telling you, you didn't fix the fundamentals. And so that's where, you know, if you have an employee, and again, I'm just going to draw on my 30 years of business ownership. If you have an employee that comes to you and says, hey, it's time for me to move on, respect that because I'm telling you talking them back into the job is only going to, I think it's only going to solve things very temporarily. Well, yes. In a lot of cases, you know, I've, yeah, I've seen course. this as, I've seen this as a, uh, like a reactionary, like I quit, right? Because there is something so yeah. terrible in the culture that they really need you to change. So they, they go for the, you know, big guns so that you, you take them really seriously. Exactly. Like, okay. But in, in a lot of cases, it's truly um, a better position, right? They've got more authority or more autonomy or it's to better themselves. And I think for a lot of clinics, um, one thing people can forget is the fact that there is not a lot of, you know, m- movement for a veterinary technician in the clinic. And so when they do find a position where they think they're going to be able to make more money or more advancement, I mean, that's part of professional advancement in general. And since, unfortunately, there are not a, a lot of cases for more money and improved opportunity and, and movement in the clinic itself, this is going to happen. Yeah, and the professional ceiling for veterinary professionals is pretty low, in my opinion, right? I mean, even amongst associate veterinarians, I mean, you top out pretty quickly. And, you know, I remember 20 years ago, especially back when we were doing some work with AVMA, we looked at optometrists and we looked at those also those those pay ceilings and authority responsibility ceilings and all that stuff. And and for a lot of, of optometrists and pharmacists, uh, you know, we looked at different professions, you know, they kind of reached their top level quickly during their professional journey. And, you know, some of these professions managed it okay, and they seem to have a decent quality of life and retention, and others, of course, had a little more frustration. But regardless of that, Becky, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is we need to start to look at the pathways, like Becky is saying. We need to say, how can we advance people within our profession? I think that the veterinary technicians are doing a fantastic, fantastic job trying to promote uh, title protection, expansion of, of, of specialty roles. You know, we're even looking maybe at a, a completely different type of licensure that would uh, really open up things, I believe. But, you know, Becky, we've got to say fundamentally, you know, have you reached the ceiling in my clinic? And if so, can I change that system maybe to allow some other form of progress? Because at the end of the day, I do believe that really bright, capable, talented staff like you guys that are listening today, you know, you will hit a level of frustration eventually. You will go, you know, wait, this is it? You know, this is what I got. This is no, there's no more than this. And, you know, Becky, that becomes unsatisfying and untenable. Well, right. Except for, for a lot of times, I think this sometimes can be represented and compensated through advanced learning and advanced skills. I, yes. I mean, I don't know that every technician out there and support staff member out there is like, well, I just really want to be in management and I just really want to be in charge right. of inventory or whatever. They're not always looking for more responsibility. Right. But people get bored if they aren't continuing to learn. People get bored if they aren't continuing to, to grow. And I've said it a million times, but you've got to kind of find out what it is your employees want long term and what excites them and motivates them. Because it, it really may just be ensuring that they're getting that continuing education and continued skills. So point being either way is 
if you know ahead of time what they're looking for, then they don't have to go looking for it because you're able to provide it. If they aren't getting it, they, they'll go looking for it. And if they find it and they're not getting it at your clinic, it's a worthwhile thing to do an exit interview, find out yes. what that thing is, and then follow up with your employees and say, hey, you know, so-and-so found another position. She's really excited because, you know, she's going to have more of this or more opportunity for that. And, you know, I just kind of want to do a team check-in. And, and what are the, guy, the things you guys are looking for more of so I can make sure to get them to you before you have to go looking for them? Becky, you just read my mind. So this is a great opportunity for managers and owners when that person comes in. And again, we're not talking about the I quit, you know, scenario. We're talking about the, you know, hey, listen, I really appreciate everything that you've done for me here. You know, I've been looking for another job and I found one part. The polite exit. This is the time to schedule that exit interview, as Becky has already suggested. It is incredibly valuable because what I look at when I when I'm an owner and a manager of people in a business setting, what I'm trying to do is save the rest, right? Okay, yeah. I, lo I lost you, Becky, okay? And and maybe it's my fault, maybe it's your fault, maybe it's both of our faults, doesn't matter. Or no but fault. I, or no fault. I'm trying to save the rest now. So what I what can I learn from Becky's exit that will make me a better owner or manager? And you know what, Becky? I find that this just doesn't happen with the frequency that it should because I have found, I've learned so much in exit interviews over the years, you know? And again, most of them were very cordial. I think a lot of times we think it's going to be this adversarial, you know, confrontation. And really, I mean, and again, I'm not talking about those I quit scenarios, but getting back to the people who are thoughtful and trying to advance, you know, they really come in and say, you know, yeah, Ernie, it'd be really great if you could do this or that. And and they'll, they'll be candid. I find a lot of truth that comes out of these exit interviews, especially with more mature employees. So if I've been working with you for three, four, five years, and it's time for you to move on, then I'm, I think you're going to be very truthful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, again, the culture is everything, right? right and and right. It, do I care enough to be honest with you? Um, if the culture sucks and I know that you're just going to basically gaslight me and tell me that it, it isn't what I really think it is right, and that that right. isn't really how it's happening. And if I would only do this, this and this, right? Like, cause that's what a lot of folks hear yeah. and they just, they don't care. And then, okay, fine. You keep doing you and I'm going to go over here to this new position and hopefully be happier. But either way, um, I, I've got to do it. And you know, I, I think there are a lot of, again, people trying really hard and care very much. So it's hard not to take it personal. Um, and so I think that's just a good point of self-reflection for our managers and people who are, who are supervising others is, you know, how, where are you at with this? Do you understand that this isn't personal and that it's business and, and you know, that it isn't about ringing the bell on everybody else at the hospital. It's about being able to have a better life and everybody deserves that regardless of the choices you're making for your life. Okay. So viewfinders, I think the, the takeaway for this first part of the discussion today is if you're an owner or manager, be nice if somebody turns in their notice, right? I mean, there's no point in making them feel guilty and awful about it. At yeah. least be professional. That's right. So just treat them with respect. You know, I, I would strongly advise you to do some form of formal exit interview to try to get learnings that you can then apply to make your team better. Now, Becky, we did mention at the outset today that we also think that this sort of relationship and communication conduit applies to like taking time off. And we are quickly approaching the 2021 holiday season. <laughs> so right now, there are viewfinders out there, Becky, that I would, number one, please, please, please suggest that you go ahead and start putting in your notice for holiday time off. So if you've got big plans that you want to do with your family, you need to get it in now. Now, Becky, I fear 
that some owners and managers, whenever Becky comes in or Ernie comes in and says, hey, you know, listen, I want to give you a heads up, you know, in December, I need to be off for this week. Uh, we've got a big family reunion plan. We haven't been together for two years or whatever that scenario might be in your, your world. I fear that these managers are going to be like, Becky, Ernie, are you kidding me? Do you see this? This place is burning down and you're now talking about a vacation. We got to avoid that. Well, and it wasn't that long ago we did an episode kind of talking about some of the atrocities I had been hearing around people taking vacations or time off and having to fill their own time slots right, and right. I don't, crazy stuff. So um, I think you're right. I'm a little bit worried about where and – and I'm sure people are already sort of talking about this within their clinics and having these conversations, but – um, I'm really worried because we're already really short. I know that holidays become a busier time. We know that. Yeah. So I really want to make sure we're strategizing now to to handle this and, and really want managers and employers to be thinking about how hard these guys have been working, how much they've sacrificed. And again, if you cannot... Um, bend things without breaking, (laughs) then you're probably need to re-examine things as they are. Yep. Well, so I had a a similar conversation with a practice owner uh, about a week ago now. And she was, we were, we were talking, I, I literally said, so what, what are you going to do for this holiday season? Right. You know, cause I'm kind of curious. I'm trying to yeah. talk to take the temperature of my colleagues out there. And she's like, oh my gosh, she goes, I I'm dreading it so much. I know we're going to be busy. We're already short staffed. I lost an associate, you know, and one of my associates is going to be on maternity leave around that time. And so, you know, you could, you could just hear the, the, the worry in her voice as, as we're talking on the phone. And so I said, well, so how are you going to deal with it? She goes, I don't know. Yeah. And and that's not a that's not a strategy. That's not a plan. <laughs> so we started kind of brainstorming. I said, look, okay, I get your crunch. You're gonna be down a doctor, actually gonna be down two doctors, but you're gonna be down uh, your vets, your your staff is gonna need time off. If you can't give them that kind of time off uh during the uh holiday season, what I suggest strongly is that you say we can take it later. So I said, you need to shut down for two weeks in January. Yeah. <laughs> now, you get where I'm going with this viewfinders. It's like, okay, if you can't give them off Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving, whatever, you better offer an alternative because you're going to have a mutiny on your hands. So again, I kind of walked her through this. I said, look, you know, if January is kind of a slow month for you guys, I would honestly suggest like closing down for a week or two. And, you know, and I know there are a lot of people listening to this, this uh, podcast today, Becca, they're going to be like, that is nuts. But I'm saying, which scenario would you rather be faced with? What if she loses three staff members because she doesn't give them time off? They will just walk on New Year's Eve. Like, they'll be like, no, I'm not coming in. (laughs) And you'll never see. I I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm trying, how do I save the rest? I don't know, Becky. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. It makes 100% sense. And and I guess that's exactly it. If you're saying that's nuts, then I guess why? Why? (laughs) Because you're going to lose a bunch of money? Like, why? Because you can't accommodate a change like this. Like, my, I really, really need you to think about the why because most of the time it's going to be a semi-selfish why. Not not selfish, but but it's, it's... it's going to be unopened to change. Right. And Becky, here's actually what she pushed back on me. She, she, I would say her why probably, there was probably a self-serving agenda there, but she was worried about patient care. So like, I I do think that's a legitimate concern. It's like, well, where would my pet patients go? Right. So, and I don't have an answer, right. We we were talking to her about, you know, could she somehow work with another clinic and maybe like trade off a week? Like you guys close down a week and we close down the next week or whatever. So I think you could get creative if you really wanted to solve it. Uh, At the end of the day, Becky, I mean, you know, there, 
these are just hard choices, right? I mean, I, there's no good options. And so when there are no good options in any type of, of contest or game, I always say minimize damage to yourself. So this is trying to save your team. I, that's how I see it. But well, how, I would say at least exhaust the options, at right? Least ex- you, yes, you can't yes. sit there and say, I don't know. I, I'm not right. sure. It's I've called every single relief opportunity right, that I can think right. of. There are companies. We did a podcast on that. Yeah. Um, I've tried every single clinic in the area. I've tried every emergency. At the end of the day here in Southport, where I am, if you you go to NC State, you make a two-hour drive. Like, And I'm yeah. sorry that that's the answer I have for you, but the closest emergency clinic is two hours away. You better get in your car and get going. And, and I'm sorry. But that is, at some point in time, we have to take self-preservation um, but if you have not exhausted the options, then you're basically just sitting on your thumb. Yeah. And that, that's where I kind of push this conversation with this veterinarian because, you know, her, her strategies I mentioned at the, the beginning of this, this topic was, I don't know. Right. It's yep. like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm worried to death. I am worried. Again, worry is not a strategy. You know, it's like, okay, we all know what's about to happen. So viewfinders, we are telling you, look ahead just a little bit. There is a tsunami approaching. <laughs> okay. You got a couple of options. You better figure out where you're going to head. Well, and I also think I don't know can be paralyzing, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you really care about your employees and you know, this is about to be bad for them. Right. And so I think the majority, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm coming off really hard on, on all managers. Cause it's like, they really do want the best for their employees, but they also have to run the clinic. So I don't want to sound like I don't get that. But I would say, if you don't know, ask around, we are the most creative veterinary we're we are so creative in the veterinary profession we can figure anything out and if you enlist your team and you say guys i'm trying to figure out how we can do this how we can survive how we can all get through this together they are going to be fully on board to work with you to make it happen it's when they think that you don't care that you don't see it you don't get it there's no conversation that they start to feel like they have to take matters into their own hands which might be that walkout it might be that new job but if they can be a part of the solution, they might even be more willing to, like you said, Dr. Ernie, say, okay, that's fine. We will suck it up through the holidays and live for that week you're about to give us off. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure I've told you viewfinders this before, but back during the swine flu epidemic, so, you know, I'm dating myself, but, you know, we were busy in our clinic and suddenly we had this viral infection just running through. I mean, kind of like what we're dealing with today, right? I mean, it wasn't a global pandemic, but it certainly we had lots of outbreaks across the country, including in my clinic, apparently. Uh, I never got it and my wife never got it, thank goodness. But, you know, we were dealing with the staff, you know, fallout from it. And so what we wound up having to do, Becky, there was like a week and a half period where we just because I mean it was like me and two people (laughs) one of them was Laura so her restraint capabilities aren't always as good as they'd like to be she's not great at feline restraint just for the record but regardless we just had to scale our appointments way down like you know just say we can only do a couple of things no elective surgery so even in this scenario with this this vet that I was talking to could you somehow, like, let's say that you want to stay open. Maybe it's just you and you have like one other person or two other people or you get a relief, you know, technician or something, right? I mean, I, I'm with you, Becky. It's like, we really need to start planning right now. I think it's almost too late, but right now you need to get super creative and you can solve this because I mean, I've been there. You guys, we just got through, well, we're still in it, of course, but the <laughs> global pandemic, you survived that. It wasn't easy, but we, we can do better, I think. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I think we can. It's it's overwhelming and we're overwhelmed. And I know that. And, and it's hard. Um, so 
I don't want to sound like it's it's just an easy fix, but yeah, like no, it's, no. it's like you said, one already a little too late. So let's get way in front of it and get moving on it. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think reaching out to your local emergency hospitals, a lot of times you can find folks who are coming off for an overnight that would be totally willing to come in and work a half a day shift or get up early and work a half a day shift before they go in. Um, they always need more money. Let's be clear. Every technician in the world <laughs> needs more money. So you can you can find them. Uh, it, it's, it can happen, be creative and, and, and use your teams. But most importantly, like we've talked about from the top is if you've got team requesting time off, like you, you don't get to just tell them no, because you don't have it figured out. Um, you're going to absolutely have to accommodate those times. And, you know, on the support staff level, if you're putting in that time, if you're asking for it, if it's fair, it's easy for me to say, but don't be guilted into it. Okay. Like you, you have a right to that time. And it is difficult, but it's difficult times and that's not your fault. You absolutely deserve that time. Yeah. So again, viewfinders, the point of this was to talk about from a manager owner perspective. So when they start dropping those, because if you're a staff member right now listening, go ahead and put in your holiday time off request right now. <laughs> Do it this week. Okay. Don't delay. And owners and managers, when those requests start coming in, I want you to treat them with respect. Even if you don't have an answer, you don't make them feel guilty. I mean, that is just the bare minimum you can do for your, the sanity, the, the mental health, the well-being of your staff. Because I'm telling you, it is so hard, Becky, for an employee to come to you and say, can I have some time off, right? Especially during this time. They know how busy you are. You don't need to remind them of that. <laughs> you don't need to say, oh my gosh, holidays already? I don't have to, I can barely get through Thursday, right? I mean, do not, do not, do not lean in and try to bury these people just because they need some time off you know Come yeah on. and let's be clear if you're not offering them paid time off you don't get to say a thing you stamp that <laughs> thing approved and good you point. zip it <laughs> good good point viewfinders she is 100 percent right like if you're if you're not giving them this vacation time during the holidays at pay then yep you get you really have no say find that thing and let them go and becky said so because you know these guys are working so hard for you and they deserve it and I guess, again, my bottom line here is if on a management owner um, planning level, it's not together. It is not on your on your employees. Yeah, I love that. So viewfinders, we really want to know, are you hearing the kind of stories that we're hearing where people that have found what they think is a better job for them, they're now being guilted and try to pulled back into that old culture they didn't like that they were trying to leave. You know, are you hearing stories of, of managers and owners who are making people feel terrible about trying to make their life a little better? I'd really like to know what your experiences are and, and you know, is this a bigger problem than maybe we are realizing? Well, I think we're definitely going to hear from folks. You know where to find us. We're over on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder and on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. You guys, also, if you take just a quick few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review, it does us a whole lot of good, and we can uh, get in front of getting more of this information out to you guys and help support you through these times. Yeah, and please get those holiday requests in now. We need them because we got to start planning for the holidays. <laughs> and you know what, Becky? Speaking of holidays, I hear... October 17th through the 23rd is a very special week. You want to tell people what that is again? That's the rumor, you guys. Don't forget <laughs> Veterinary Technician Week. Um, it's such an important time, especially this year, you guys. Your credentialed veterinary technicians are working so hard in your clinics. They've worked very hard to be educated members of the team. We take one week to celebrate them, not all staff members, your credentialed veterinary technicians. So please 
take that time to celebrate them. Yeah, and we'll be doing some special stuff for that as well. But anyway, viewfinders, please uh, stay safe out there. Good luck. And don't let anybody ever make you feel guilty for taking better care of yourself because that's the least you can do in life. Until next week, bye. Bye. That's it.